Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on through Genesis with chapter 32 in verse 1. As Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. And this is a good reminder for Jacob that he's on a journey here, but God's reminding him he's not alone in this journey. God is with him in this. In verse 3, it continues. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, Give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks of sheep and goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to form my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. So he he left, and there were they were they were at odds. They were not in a good place, and he is coming back home to his brothers area and he is being extremely humble and it almost seems as though he's trying to cover up his fear as well but he's humbly coming saying look I have all this I am hoping that you'll be friendly to me and in verse 6 it continues after delivering the message the messengers returned to Jacob and reported We met with your brother Esau, and he is already on his way to meet you with an army of 400 men. Jacob was terrified at the news. He divided his household, along with the flocks and herds and camels, into two groups. He thought, if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group will be able to escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, You told me, return to your own land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly, and I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except for a walking stick, and now my household fills two large camps. Oh, Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he is coming to attack me, along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly, and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. So I'm going to pause here. God was with Jacob 20 years, and he has changed. He's... He's changed with God being by his side and working in his life. But now he has to face his past and he is scared. He is terrified and he is scared, but he's reminding God of his promises and he's verbalizing the promises. He is scared, but he trusts God and he is moving forward regardless, which shows a lot of courage and faith. And he needed to remember the promises and his faith in God, just as much as saying it out loud to God and saying, look, you did this. And he doesn't know. He has no idea why Esau has an army of 400 men, whether they're going to attack him or not. He's just presuming that, and he's terrified and shaking like a leaf in the wind. And he stands, however, faithfully on that promise. He's like, you said these things, you promised. And he stands on that in faith and in God, but yet he still moves forward, even though he's terrified. He's terrified. 
In verse 13, it continues, Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, and 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told his servants, go ahead of me with the animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply, they belong to your servant Jacob, but they are a gift for his master Esau. Look, he's coming right behind us. Jacob gave the same instructions to the second and third herdsmen and to all who followed behind the herds. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him and be sure to say, look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I will try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent on ahead while Jacob himself spent that night in the camp. So he's really trying. He's got this great plan. He's determined to make sure that Esau is friendly to him and that his plan is going to work. And he stays back a day at the camp. And we'll see what happens next in verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. Then this left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? the man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face. Yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Penal, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip. And so this is this is an interesting situation that Jacob found him, himself in, and he had to to surrender and trust God with all the details and put that all into God's hand. And at that point, you'll start to win. So when he puts everything into God's hand, he starts to win. And he reaches a low point in this. He's scared. He's terrified. He's about to meet his brother. He has no idea what's going to go on. And in, in brokenness, he is made into a new human. He is made into what God designed him to be. And God transforms his destiny here. He transforms his identity. 
and he's renamed. He is at the lowest point of his life, and he's transformed and renamed to the highest point. And we win with God by losing to God. He lost himself to God, and therefore he also won with God. And um, Israel, he was renamed Israel, and it's the it's the country of the people group that he would essentially father. And Jacob is humbled, and he changes. He God accomplishes his plan, and he changes hearts. That's what God does. He's in the the ministry of changing hearts. And Jacob got a new beginning with God, and God has his eye on us for glorious living. And he saw the face of God, and he submitted and surrendered and trust God with everything in him. And God redeems him, God transforms him, and God gives him a whole new identity, the identity that God intended for him in the first place. And that concludes chapter 32. So we'll continue on in chapter 33 tomorrow to see what happens with our dear friend Jacob. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.